We have got Australian cricket royalty on the line. 96 test matches this man played. Batting average of 47.6. And he wasn't even a batter. Yeah, oh, it was, goes he, all right. It goes all right. He was a world champion <laughs> wicketkeeper. And we say good evening to Adam Gilchrist. G'day, Gilly. Oh, g'day, guys. How are you? Oh, we've well, gr- yeah, we're great, mate. Thanks for joining us. Um, tell us, uh, what were your thoughts on the um, the World Cup on the weekend? Yeah, it was pretty pleasing, wasn't it? Yeah. It was fantastic. Uh, really happy for the for the guys, for particularly uh, JL, Justin, after the, all the um, drama that had surrounded his position and the way he was going about things. So um, clearly really pleased for him. He's a pretty good mate. And... Uh, and Mitch Marsh, I think everyone was pretty pumped for him, weren't they? You could see that was um, obvious, uh, the joy that everyone received from seeing him do such a wonderful job. So, uh, terrific all-round performance, and they just got um, got their game in order as the, as the tournament progressed and to the point of uh, playing two brilliant finals, the semi and the final, uh, on Sunday. So, yeah, well pleased. A few people sort of saying, Gilly, that we got a bit lucky towards the end there with some of the, the teams that we faced up against and obviously um, winning the toss and all that kind of thing. Um, how did you sort of see the, the charge towards the final? Because it was, from a from a perspective of someone just watching it, uh, it looked like they were playing the best they ever had all tournament. Yeah, they, they did, did what we call tournament play down to perfection. They'd be... They started okay in their first game against South Africa. Had a terrific first half of that game and bowled well, and then the batting was a little bit of a, a stumble. But um, yeah, they they did enough to get through to the semis. Um, so the criticism around this type of stuff for me in, in tournaments is, is absolute rubbish. I mean, you, if you win, if you play in a tournament where you play. Uh, all the best teams turn up, all the top teams turn up, and you win it. Yeah, you thoroughly deserve to win it. You don't win these by accident or by getting a cruisy ride. Um, England and Pakistan were probably the two form teams all the way through, but it means nothing when you get to a knockout game, and it doesn't. The game and the tournament doesn't owe you anything. You've still got to back it up, and you know play well with the added pressure of knowing that if you stumble, you're out. And that's where Australia shone. And so too did New Zealand in getting through to that final. They, they took down England, obviously, in their semi. And, well, if, if England were the favourites, uh, they got beaten by someone. So Australia then had to beat that team and, and did it. So, and the toss, uh, I, I think I can I can understand where people might look at stats and go, well, that, that clearly... Uh, advantage whoever wins the toss is going to win the game because there were so many um, victories chasing but in the semi and the final there was no due and there was no none of the conditions that pretty much did affect results early in the tournament so I don't buy into that either I think Australia chased down two decent very very decent totals in two must win knockout games the pressures of semis and finals and they did it convincingly so nah, good enough for me touched on Mitch Marsh before uh, you know we know you're no stranger to standing up in World Cup finals when you need to mate does it make it that little bit more special when you when you feel like you've helped the team along off your own bat oh, I think in any game in any victory um, you know, clearly of paramount and prime importance is the team win um, and then you know in any game of career that you play in, and then if you're able to contribute yourself that, that makes it all that more special so then the big stage that's where everyone wants to try and perform well when you know that most eyeballs are watching uh, the game so 
the fact that Mitch, uh, well, he was already showing great, um, great touch throughout the tournament to that point, uh, and well, probably more impact than necessarily going on to the big one, but uh, he had enough impact, and then and then in the final, you know, showed the world uh, just how much skill he's got, how much power he's got, and the fact that he had the poise to do it, and 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 was prepared to to back himself as he did right from his very first ball. So he, along with David Warner, who had a terrific tournament, um, you know, they'll be well, well pleased to have shone on the biggest stage when most people are watching. Yeah, well, well Mitch Marsh, did you understand the criticism towards him uh, throughout his career thus far? And now it's sort of it looks like all's forgiven because he stood up in this final. But did you understand, you know, why Australia was so negative towards him? Oh, I think it's pretty easy comment. I think people just... It was someone that they, you know, there's always going to be someone in the Australian team, in, in a lot of our sporting teams, not just in cricket, but but particularly just focusing in this area of cricket, there's always going to be someone who people want to have discussion about and have a bit of controversy around or a bit of, you know, have the heat on or the microscope in regards to selection. But that's just human nature. I've, I, that's what I've found over time. And even when you were back playing, it was almost a, a bit of a joke as to oh, who's going to be next, who are, who's the public going to scrutinise most closely and, and who are the press going to sort of sharpen their knives for just to create content and, and uh, create you know uh, some sort of discussion around uh, to fill those spaces. So uh, Mitch was always on the receiving end of it. I think then it became, it got a bit out of control where everyone thought he was getting a free ride, but really it was because the selectors saw so much talent and potential there that he probably did get a little bit of an extended run that many other players or other players will feel that they were never afforded but there was I guess that 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 shone through on Sunday night as to what they saw and what they hoped he would achieve but it's fair to say he's you know he's been left out a few times he's been dropped and told to go away and try and change things he's had injury issue that is you know not not easy to come back from so um i all in all i think it was all very very harsh um to the point that where he had to sit himself and you know he, he got booed at the mcg coming on the bowl one day and he himself said oh, australia hates me so uh that was all a bit frustrating for him and 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 for his supporters but um i think he shed that tag now and hopefully he can just really blossom and fulfill that that career yeah, well, all attention sort of turns now to the Ashes. Uh, Gilly, it's going to be, always is, the biggest part of our sporting calendar every year. Uh, and we saw the squad just get named today. Uh, happy with how the squad looks? Is there anything you'd change in there? No, very happy. I think they've, uh, for, for who's available and, and fit, which I, I think everyone is, aren't they? I'm not sure that, mm-hmm. oh, Will Pekoski's probably the one that, that is um, not there that may have been, should he have been fully fit and, and uh, available. Uh, so it's, um, yeah, it, they've picked exactly what I, I would have imagined. Uh, I wasn't sure on what size squad they're going to go with, but they've you know covered themselves off in a couple of positions there. They've got some nice uh, backup bowling, uh, both with pace, uh, with Michael Neeser and, and Jai Richardson backing up the, the main three and then of course uh, Mitch Schwepson I think that that's terrific and I, I don't think we should expect that he's going to sit on the sideline the whole series he may well come into the, the series at some stage so uh, 
that's terrific. And then batting-wise, a vote of confidence for Marcus Harris. He's now able to just knuckle down in this practice game in a, in a couple of weeks' time and or 10 days' time or so and, and just focus on trying to prepare as best you can for for a test match, test series. Uh, and then, oh, man, really, I think we all know it's sort of Kawaja and Travis Head, it seems, battling out for one position. So that'll be a, a nice little challenge for those guys to try and put their best case forward. But, yeah, good squad, um, and I think they'll start favourites. Yeah, I was going to ask, Gilly, uh, one of the big questions, I think, is who is coming in at five in this squad? So who would you pick? Oh, it, it's very hard to tell. I suppose Kawaja maybe just from an experience point of view. And I know Travis said's probably more the, the longer-term pick, and I'm a big fan of Travis's and, and think he's got a big role to play for Australian cricket. But maybe just with a little bit of uh, uncertainty around, they might try that more experienced player in Kawaja and uh, the fact that he, he probably has thought uh, that the chance may never come along again. So that might just allow him just to bat with a bit more freedom there. And, and he, he has a terrific record in Australia. And uh, I think um, that may weigh into it. I, I'm not sure which way they're going to go, but... I, Probably just just by a short half head, I'd go with Kawadra at the moment over Travis. Yeah, no, nah, it's a fair call. <laughs> no, he's in great form. Um, tell us, um, Justin Langer, you're probably as close as anyone to him, um, and the criticism that he's got since that Indian summer last year. Uh, well, where do you stand on um, his um, coaching method and, and his future? Because it's come under question quite a bit um, since last summer. Oh, it came out of question a great deal, didn't it? There was clearly something that wasn't sitting well with the players. Uh, just a shame that it all came to a head in the manner it did. And I'm not privy to having asked the players, did they feel they ever had a chance to, to express that directly to Justin prior to the whole public, um, almost public assassination by the way some of the journalists were just like a dog with a bone. They wouldn't give up on it. And it's almost like they wanted as I stated earlier in the chat, wanted content, wanted to keep going with this because they felt some desire to have to expose something. Uh, but that's their prerogative. Uh, it, it culminated in finally an honest, open chat, which was is the only way Justin Langer operates. And that that uh, they could have sat down and the way I know Justin Langer and told him that they just strongly disliked him, didn't want him as coach and can't work with him. And I reckon Justin would have said, well, oh, thank you. I respect it now that I'm hearing it right from your mouth as players. Uh, now we can try and work to move on with it. But I, I'm not suggesting that's what they said, but clearly there was something there that they wanted to express to him. And I uh, cl- clearly you can see that he's taken some of that on board and uh, allowed an environment in the World Cup to be created that is stress-free, uh, they all spoke about how much fun they had and they looked like a really tight unit. So, you know, well done everyone in the end, but it was a, a horrible way for it to all be played out. And, you know, I think he's still got so much to offer. He's an outstanding cricket coach and person and it would have been a shame. I don't think people understand how close he, he could have been to walking away and that would have been a great tragedy. So it. It's, it's finished well and 
what his future holds. We'll wait and see what happens after the summer because, um, you know, as, as joyous as the World Cup win was, I'm sure if the Ashes slip up, uh, there'll be people out there gunning for him uh, immediately. Perhaps even if they do retain the ashes, there might be area, uh, sections of either media or um, within cricket that still feel that he should move on. So we'll have to wait and see, and who knows what Justin wants to do. How have you sort of changed your perception of the media since retiring, Gilly? Obviously, the Australian cricket team is probably the team in Australia that comes under the most pressure uh, of anyone. Uh, so has that sort of changed how you've, how you've seen it since being a player and now uh, being, I guess, someone who's a spectator as well? Well, I'm a spectator, but I'm a member of the media. and uh, you know, But that's a pretty broad term, a member of the media, that there's sort of broadcasting and commentary and and um, and then there's a written press and then there's radio and everything so there's many sections of the media that cover cricket and you know I guess everyone just tries to do it in the manner that they feel comfortable with and and the way they go about their business so and 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 how much you want to delve into your personal experience with uh, individuals or um, being in and around the team uh, as to then how much you want to you know delve into that and and expose or express that through your outlet or your medium that you work in. So I'm uh, I classify myself as you know a broadcaster there to, to commentate on the game and hopefully um, make um, you know there be an interesting pre-game or post-game or or discussion throughout and adding to the actual talent uh, that is on the field and they're they're the true. The true heroes of any, you know, cricket broadcast are the players out on the field. So um, it's it's a, it's always a, a delicate one. There's some who are a bit more bullish in in covering the Australian cricket team, and you know, some who have worked on um, you know both sides of the fence, and that makes it uh, very interesting to see the way it's covered. But um, yeah, I, I think. I think at the end of the day, as a player, you know that it's a high-profile sport and a high-profile team and you're going to be scrutinised. Um, and I guess all you ask for as a player is that there's some balance there and, and understanding. And that's, I guess, where I'm, I try to step back and understand what it was like as a player as to then how I try to assess it or make comment um, post-career. Yeah, no, you would have you would have learnt that. Um, now it was also your birthday on Sunday, uh, Gilly. It was. It was. It was. Uh, how, 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 how'd you celebrate it? I know it was a big one, it was a big milestone. I'm not going to reveal the age. But, <laughs> oh, um, no, I was fifty, mate. No, it was uh, no no shame from me about turning fifty, but um, so I was fifty. Just <laughs> uh, <laughs> a terrific weekend with friends and family. Nothing too out of control, and then capped off with a terrific birthday present by the Australian team. Another World Cup trophy in the cabinet, the one the, the one that was always missing, so well done to them. Well done to them. Hey, um, just uh, before we let you go, mate, just what's uh, Ash's prediction, mate? What's the end score going to be? My prediction is that Glenn McGrath will predict 5-0. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave the predictions. I always left it to McGrath when I was playing. I'll leave it to him, but I think Australia's start favourites, definitely. Oh, very good. All right, well, let's hope, let's hope that Glenn's right. But uh, appreciate your time, mate. It's been great to chat and great to uh, get your thoughts on a few things. Um, and, yeah, really appreciate it. Nah, pleasure, guys. Hope you enjoy the uh, the entire summer, whether it's uh, the, the Ashes or the Big Bash WBBL finals coming up. So there's plenty of cricket on in and around. It's going to be a, a big summer.